you would remain standing and turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. This is one of the most famous chapters in the book of Luke, maybe only second to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 15, uh, over the next several weeks with a a one-week break while I am at General Assembly, uh, we'll be looking at uh, Luke chapter 15 and these famous parables of Jesus. Uh, The first two we'll be looking at this morning, and then we'll be taking the parable of the the lost son or the the prodigal son, as it is probably more commonly known. Uh, We'll be taking that over a series of a couple of weeks. So this morning we'll be looking at Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners, and he eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance." Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I have lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord stands forever. Amen. You may be seated. As you do, would you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts would be pleasing and honoring in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. And it's in Jesus' name alone that we pray. Amen. As I mentioned just a little bit ago, Luke 15 is a very famous passage in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus speaks of three parables here, uh, the lost uh, sheep, the lost coin, the lost sons. And uh, these are parables that we find only recorded here in Luke. And uh, the story of the prodigal son is probably one of the most famous that Jesus teaches. Uh, Maybe uh, the Good Samaritan is maybe... uh, 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 maybe on par with uh, the story of the prodigal son. And uh, we'll be looking at that over the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, but these parables here tell us a lot. Uh, they speak to who God is, and they speak to who we are. And those are the two things that we're going to be looking at this morning, who God is and who we are. So we begin this morning with an accusation towards Jesus. The Pharisees are watching Jesus closely, and they see something that is, in their minds, worthy of accusation towards him. They see him eating with tax collectors and sinners. Uh, Just to remind you who tax collectors are, they are Jews who are turncoats. They are traitors. 
They have aligned themselves with the Romans. Uh, they have paid a price so that they could be in this position to collect taxes from their fellow countrymen. And not only do they uh, extract taxes, but they usually charge more than what they are required, and so they get rich. And Jews did not like tax collectors. Their uh, testimony was not allowed in court because they couldn't be trusted. So these are the type of people that Jesus is eating with. And so the Pharisees accuse him of this, that he spends his time with the wrong kinds of people. And what they're actually accusing him of is this. It's like in the military, it's like conduct unbecoming of an officer. This is not something that a rabbi, a teacher of, of God's law should be doing. This isn't the in crowd. These aren't the good people. These are sinners. You should not associate with these people. So Jesus tells them a series of parables aimed at reorienting the Pharisees' whole world and life view. And these are the parables, the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. So as we look at these two parables, we're going to look at these first two together. So you see the main characters in each. One is a shepherd and the other is a woman. The shepherd has 99 sheep. The woman has 10 coins. The, these characters are not filthy rich by any means, but they have what they need. And each of them loses something. The shepherd loses 1% of what he has. He loses a sheep. The woman loses 10% of what she has, one silver coin. For the shepherd, it's not a, a huge loss, but it is a loss. For the woman, this is very significant. It's a tenth of all she has. So both of them, the shepherd and the woman, they search for what is lost. The shepherd leaves behind the 99 sheep, and he looks until he finds his one. The woman lights a lamp. She sweeps the whole house. She looks diligently, as the Bible tells us, until she finds her coin. And the reaction of the two of them is much the same. They both call together all their friends and neighbors. They throw a party. There is rejoicing because what was lost is now found. So as we interpret this, these parables this morning, the shepherd and the woman, these represent God. The sheep and the coin, they represent us, lost sinners. God diligently seeks and he finds sinners who are lost and he brings them back. And when he does, all of heaven rejoices with him. As we have said this morning in our children's sermon, there is a party going on with the angels. And what a party that would be to know that the heavens, the angels themselves are rejoicing over sinners who come to the Lord in repentance. The reason that the Pharisees needed to hear these parables is this, is that they needed to completely reorient their world and life view. They needed their view of God reoriented and their view of man, of people reoriented. And so Jesus is able to address both of these issues as he presents these parables. So as we begin this morning, let's start about what these parables teach us about us, about people. What is Jesus saying here about people. Well, the first thing that he is telling us 
is that we are all lost and helpless apart from Christ. Now, apparently, uh, I'm no shepherd by any means. I don't know what it's like to care for sheep. But apparently, when sheep wander off, they're pretty helpless. They're not the most intelligent animals in the world, I gather. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about a sheep, uh, but I do know some about chickens now. (laughs) And I know that chickens are very defenseless. Uh, They're not the most intelligent animals in the world. And uh, sometimes they're hard to wrangle. Uh, As I've mentioned before, if you want a a comedy show, you can come to our house in the afternoon when we're trying to to wrangle some chickens and get them back into their coop. It is a comedy of errors uh, with me as the ringleader. Um, it is, um, it's not easy. Um, sheep uh, are in the same boat. Uh, when they are lost, they can't find their way back home. And what do they have as natural defense mechanisms for a sheep? When a lion uh, comes, what's their defense? They have nothing. They have their shepherd. In these parables, Jesus is comparing people to sheep. And this is pretty common throughout Scripture. Uh, Peter, Isaiah, Paul, uh, Old Testament, New Testament, they can sum it up pretty well in this way. If you look at 1 Peter chapter 2, Peter says, For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. Isaiah in the Old Testament in chapter 53 verse 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. And we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. And Paul in Romans says that no one is righteous, no not one, no one understands, no one seeks for God, all have turned aside. See, the problem that the Pharisees had is that they didn't see themselves like sheep. They didn't feel lost or helpless at any time in their lives. And this is the condition that we are in as well. Kent Hughes, a pastor at a church up in Wheaton, Illinois, describes it this way. He says, What a picture this is of our own spiritual condition, that apart from Christ, we are lost like sheep in the rocky wilderness, wandering in the wasteland. We fall into sin. We starve for lack of spiritual food. To our terror, Satan is roaring like a wild beast to devour us. We can't find our way back to God on our own, and all we can do is wait for Jesus to come and to find us. If he does not save us, we will surely be destroyed. Apart from Christ, this is where we're at. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. We're like this lost sheep. We're like this lost coin. But thanks be to God, we are not destroyed. As Kent Hughes says, uh, Christ does not leave us out to our own lost and defenseless. Instead, he comes like this shepherd and like this woman, and he comes and seeks us out because we are of great value to God. This is what the Pharisees didn't get when they were accusing Jesus of spending his time with tax collectors and sinners. He didn't understand the value that people have to God. The shepherd left the 99 sheep to find the one because he valued that sheep. The woman sweeps her whole house and looks diligently because something of great value to her is missing. In the same way, lost sinners are of great 
value to God. And this is what the Pharisees simply don't get. And this is why they give him such a hard time. According to the Pharisees, the tax collectors and sinners had no value. They were worthless. They weren't worth the time of day of Jesus. But Jesus took the opposite approach. In fact, tax collectors and sinners, he said, were the reason why he came. These people are the reason why I came. In Mark 2, 17, it says, Jesus said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Not only are we worth Jesus' time, but we are worth him giving up his life to save us, to bring us back to him. Remember back when we were looking at the Pentateuch, those first five books of the Bible, and we started off in the beginning with the book of Genesis. And one of the things that we realized in the book of Genesis is that because of our creation as an image bearer of God, we have great value. We have infinite worth in God's eyes. It doesn't matter what our gender, race, whether we're old or young, slave or free, whether we have disabilities or disorders or whatever is going on, whatever our social status, political party, religion, sexual orientation, it does not matter because we are made in the image of God. We have incredible value and worth to Him. Every single person. And we said that if we truly believe that we have worth because of how we are made, not only would our own self-worth skyrocket, but how we would treat others would change dramatically. And this is what we see with Jesus this morning. If everyone treated one another as having value, imagine how different our world would be. Imagine that. Imagine what would happen in the Middle East. Imagine what would happen with ISIS. Imagine what would happen in our nation in terms of race, which we are struggling through right now. Imagine what would happen in the church in terms of the issues that we're struggling with right now, and in particular, homosexuality. It's a big issue in our church right now. First of all, the church can't even agree on what our stance should be when it comes to homosexuality. We struggle with that. We disagree on how to interpret what the Bible says about it. Now, we here in the PCA take a very strong stance. And I don't pretend to have all the answers for every other denomination. I'm not here to, to criticize. But there is one group of people, excuse me, there is not one group of people that Jesus avoided while he was here on earth. And I think we need to realize that. There was only one group that Jesus spoke harshly to, and that was the Pharisees, the scribes, and the teachers of the law. Everyone else, he spent time with. He ate with them. He, draw, he drew near to them. The criticism of the church right now is that we are alienating, is that we push people away. Imagine if we treated everyone in the way that Christ did, drawing near to them, even eating with them. 
the church is being accused now of being intolerant. And to some degree, we need to be. Because we are intolerant of sin. Let's just call it what it is. But imagine this. Imagine if the church were being accused of being too loving. Because that's what Jesus is being accused of in this passage. How dare you eat with those people? How dare you show love to them and spend your time with them? But because we all have worth and value to our Lord, we should be spending time with them. So know this. First of all, we need to know that we are of value to God. We are worth being sought out like this sheep, like this coin. We have value. And other people have value in God's eyes as well. So what do these parables tell us about God? Well, these parables tell us that God compassionately seeks out and seeks after those who are lost. Throughout Scripture, we see God being compared to a shepherd. Isaiah 40 verse 11 says that he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom. Gently lead those that are young. Psalm 21, the most famous psalm in all of Scripture, says, The Lord is my shepherd. John 10, 14 and 15, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for sheep. Now this is in very sharp contrast to what the Pharisees are doing here. The Pharisees were actually called to be shepherds in Israel. They were the under shepherds of the one true shepherd, the good shepherd, but they did not care for their sheep. In fact, in the book of Ezekiel, there is sharp criticism for the shepherds of Israel. They did not care. They only cared for themselves. The leaders of your church here at Trinity have been convicted of this as well. We are called to be shepherds of God's flock. Do we do this perfectly? No, we don't, and we admit that. But as God's shepherds, as as under-shepherds, we are trying to do that. Help us. Please pray for us as we do that. The shepherd showed that he cared for his lost sheep by searching for it, finding it, and carrying it home on his shoulders. If you have that picture in your mind, you can can, uh, see what that shepherd looked like with that lamb on his shoulders, a big smile on his face. Jesus, in the same way, cares for us. He seeks us out. He finds us. He throws us on his shoulders, carrying us home. By sacrificing himself for us, Jesus showed the ultimate care for us. Jesus has rescued us. He brings us back into the fold so that Satan, as we have read, the one that prowls around like a lion, preying on poor and defenseless sheep so that Jesus can protect us and draw us home to him. So God compassionately cares for those who are lost and he seeks after them. Not only that, but he is diligent and relentless to find what is lost. God does not give up. He is faithful and he is true. Jesus will always keep looking for a sheep until he finds us. 
Now this gives hope for those who are lost. This one, the sinner that is lost, that gives hope. For those who are lost in a spiritual wilderness, there is hope. You may feel this morning like you are one of those lost sheep or like that lost coin. Jesus relentlessly seeks after those who are lost until he finds. Unlike the characters in this story, unlike the shepherd and unlike the woman, we have confidence in God that he always knows where we are. When we feel like that lost sheep or that lost coin, we are never outside of God's watchful care. The shepherd didn't know where the sheep was. He had to go look for him. The woman didn't know where the coin was. She had to sweep out her entire house. God always knows, and he is with us, and he watches over us, and he cares for us. In Psalm 23, it says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So if you feel that this morning, God will rescue you. He will take you on his shoulders, and he will carry you home. And I pray that you would hear that and that you would have hope this morning. This also gives hope to those who feel like the 99. Because at some point, everyone in our lives, we become that lost sheep. We have strayed, and God will bring us back. We have a a sense of hope and security that when we feel like we are lost, Christ will come after us and he will bring us back home. And in the end, when that happens, God rejoices over those who repent. What I wanted to share with the children this morning is that there is a party going on right now because God rejoices over Christopher and Jessica when they admit, hey, I'm a sinner. And I need Jesus. When people get it, when they get that they can't do anything on our own, that we're like sheep who are lost, that we are in a wilderness and we cannot find our way back home, and that we trust in Jesus to rescue us. So as we conclude this morning, know that you have value. Know that even though you are lost in your sin, you are worth seeking out. You are worth finding. That you have infinite value to God. Don't let this become a source of spiritual pride, however, to think that we are better than others. But let this humble you. Be filled with the awe of knowing that God's love rests even on you. It rests even on you me and know that others have infinite value as well just as christ valued all people so we should value all people eating with with people is a great way to show that we value them it's a way it's an act of intimacy so know that you are valued by god and that others are as well and that be assured and rest in the fact that god will seek out and he will find that which is lost even us. Jesus has sought out each and every one of his lost sheep, including you. He has turned, he, and he has found you when you were wandering 
lost, helpless, and defenseless. And he has carried you on his shoulders, and he will carry you home. Let us pray. Our most gracious God and our Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for this image that we have that you are our good shepherd and that we are your sheep, that you care for us, that you seek us out when we have been lost in our sins and you carry us on your shoulders and you bring us home. That like this coin, we have great value to you because you have made us in your image. I pray that you would instill hope in us, knowing that we can never be too far gone, that we can never be too far lost for you to find us and to carry us home. And we are grateful, Lord, that heaven is rejoicing when sinners admit who they are, that they repent of their sins, and they turn to you as their Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray that that would be the theme of our lives, that we would repent of our sins and turn to you as our Lord and Savior. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.